Tuberculosis continues to kill nearly 2 million people globally each year, but many people in the United States no longer consider it a threat. But although U.S. tuberculosis rates have substantially decreased, and there are fewer than 10,000 new cases last year, an estimated 13 million U.S. residents have latent tuberculosis infection, which jeopardizes the goal of tuberculosis elimination. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Ronald Bayer, co-director of the Center for the History and Ethics of Public Health at the Columbia University Mailman School of Public Health. Dr. Bayer has co-authored a perspective article on the barriers to eliminating tuberculosis in the United States. Dr. Bayer, you write in your article that since 1953, tuberculosis case rates have dropped from more than 50 per 100,000 to less than 3 per 100,000 in the United States. So what's been responsible for that decrease? Well, obviously, our capacity to treat cases of tuberculosis has improved dramatically. But as important as the availability of an effective medical intervention has been a willingness to invest a substantial amount of money. And when we started with 1953, the year you first mentioned, there were 84,000 cases and almost 20,000 deaths. And it took support for local health department training of staff. It took resources to the Centers for Disease Control. And there were some blips along the way. The HIV epidemic kind of resulted in a reversal of what had been a downward course in diseases. In 1992, there was a huge problem of homelessness. But by and large, we can say on one level, this represents a huge partial success. The issue that you raise about latent TB infection is an important one. People with latent TB infection are not infectious. Only 5 to 10% of people with latent TB infection will go on to develop disease. So reaching out to them as a way of preventing new cases of tuberculosis remains a huge challenge. They don't pose an immediate risk. They are uninterested often in taking medication for a disease they don't feel they have. And we've stalled. Well, since only 5 to 10% of them will ultimately develop tuberculosis, Is there any way to tell which latently infected people are going to become sick? No. The lifetime risk of going on to develop tuberculosis is 5 to 10%. If you have an immune disorder, the risk is considerably higher. But we don't have a simple test that would tell us when we find latent TB infection that this is the one who represents a more substantial risk. And so that means what we often have to do in public health is to treat on a population level in order to reduce the cases that will occur. When there are 9,000 cases and 500 deaths, it's often very hard to convince people that legislators, congressmen, even people within the CDC, that this ought to be a priority. Some organizations have said that targeted testing and treatment for latent tuberculosis infection could be an effective strategy for eliminating the disease. What are the current screening practices in the U.S.? If you are the contact of an actual case of tuberculosis, you are screened to see if you've been infected even though you're not sick. The numbers are hard to come by, but we know that, as you said earlier, there are 13 million people in the United States assumed to have latent TB infection, and only three to 400,000 of them are treated each year. That it represents a very, very small proportion of those who should be treated. And we're not very good, in fact, in getting those we do identify with latent TB infection to complete their therapy. Something like 83% of people who are identified with latent TB infection accept prophylactic therapy. Only 47% of those complete the therapy. That means only about 40, 
40-some-odd percent of people identified with latent infection actually complete their therapy. So we are failing to do what we know has to be done, which is to get people to complete their prophylactic therapy. So, in fact, in your article, you say that an Institute of Medicine committee several years ago addressed the difficult questions related to the treatment of latent tuberculosis infection. But why were those recommendations never followed? I think I mentioned parenthetically in our article that I served on that committee. The report was called Ending Neglect, which sort of captures the situation. The goal the committee set was to have, by 2010, one case of tuberculosis per million. We are now at about 30 times higher than that. So that's the metric that I use in thinking about how far we have to go. It was never acted on that people applying for immigration and coming into the United States be screened for latent TB infection and that the targeting should take place for those coming from countries that had very high background rates. Southeast Asia, Philippines, Mexico. If we just began there, we could begin to identify individuals who carried latent TB infection. The IOM recommended that people not be barred for having latent TB infection, that they be admitted to the United States, that they be referred to therapy, and that consideration be given to making their normalization of their immigration status the completion of their prophylactic therapy for latent TB infection. When Ken Castro and I talked about this article and thought about what it meant to screen immigrants, especially immigrants coming from Mexico, Philippines. We understood we were raising this issue at a time that, frankly, where it's quite easy to fuel sort of a xenophobic response. One could imagine the headlines, people with tuberculosis threat entering the country. But we really have to address the stigma issue, the risk issue of mistreatment. What we have to do is treat this as a public health issue, identify people who are at risk of developing disease, provide them with treatment, provide them with support, provide them with the incentives to complete their therapy, all the things we've learned how to do with TB cases themselves. The other piece of what the IOM recommended that was never acted on was that all prisoners be screened for latent TB infection and that all prisoners be required to undergo latent TB infection therapy, prophylactic therapy. Now, none of us on that committee were talking about ramming medication down people's throats, but there are other ways of applying pressure to get people to take therapy in a situation where they're confined and where the possibility of the spread of tuberculosis increases. So why have we failed? I read recently that the IOM calculated that to do what it wanted to do would have cost some $500 million a year. Typically, the CDC spends less than about $120 or $130 million a year on TB control. It's less than a third. Without the resources, we can't do it. Finally, and going back to the issue of the current political climate that you raised, what can physicians do to ensure that their patients who are at high risk of latent tuberculosis infection actually are tested and treated according to the recommendations, but at the same time avoid the xenophobic sentiments that might be provoked? It's a complicated task. Cases of frank TB infection are reportable conditions in every state in the country that is notifiable to public health registries. That is not the case with latent TB infection. It seems to me that physicians have to understand the challenge of encouraging their patients to take a therapy that will possibly help them, help their communities, to link them to community support groups that will encourage the taking of therapy. And one of the things we learned in dealing with tuberculosis, both 
our failures. You know, there was a time when I first came to Columbia, which is connected to Harlem Hospital, when the completion rate for TB treatment was 11%. It's really kind of scandalous. And we improved that dramatically, and a large part of the improvement came as a result of the work of Tom Frieden, when he both headed up the New York City Health Department and then the CDC. We've learned from years of experience that to get people to complete TB treatment, you have to have directly observed therapy. That is, someone has to observe the individual taking their medication in a supportive way, but they have to be observed, otherwise the likelihood of non-completion rises dramatically. And it's very clear that there are many different approaches to short-term approaches now to latent infection, but it is clear that the latent therapy treatment has to be under supervision, whether it's twice a week or three times a week, depending on the therapeutic regimen. But there's no way of doing this on the cheap. But in the long run, if we do it, it will be a remarkable moment in the history of public health. That is, from what had been a disease that continues to threat global populations, to a real achievement. And what I worry about is that, and we mentioned this in the article, the way things work, and it's kind of understandable, is that there is what has been called a U-shaped curve of concern. Number of cases, an outbreak, deep concern, money flows, the number of cases declines, and suddenly the interest flags. And that, I think, is something we have actually observed, a kind of an enactment of that U-shaped curve a complete dissipation of any enthusiasm for reaching a public health goal that's within reach. But it will take time, and it'll take commitment. And I must say that there are advocates within the CDC who believe in TB elimination, who know what could be done, and they confront competing public health officials. There isn't enough to go around. And so the kind of prioritization that needn't take place is taking place. And unfortunately, TB ends up as the bottom of the totem pole. Thank you, Dr. Bayer.